It's the When Fishing Podcast. Applying techniques. Then I put the sea rigs on the A Bring fresh ideas. They can't all be good ones. Talking stories. <laughs> reports. Out, conservation. You're probably too close. All to make you and I better fishermen. Hey y'all. Welcome to another episode. My name is Jeremy. Uh, this is the When Fishing Podcast. Uh, got some catching up to do with reports. Uh, it's a pretty garbage week for uh, fishing uh, with the local winds. We got like a west or northwest wind coming through and just kind of fucking everything up. So uh, I get to sit around or I get to work or I get to do all the things. That I just mentioned. Porque no los todos. Um, the, I got three reports for you. Um, if I can get my... My... Uh, my sound right. I sound super... Just up in my... Up in my... 200 dBs. I think I'm okay now. I'll I'll deal with it. Um, first one was, okay, yeah, so first one was, uh, uh, I wanted to go deep drop for, uh, blackgill rockfish and black cod sablefish, and, uh, as soon as I got out, the wind picked up, and it was, like, wind picking up at 7.30 in the morning, not normal, but I guess it's a thing, um, at this time of year, so, wind picked up uh that that's a no go for uh trying to drop down into nine hundred to twelve hundred feet so uh bailed on that idea tried fishing in like five hundred foot in like a relatively new spot and uh that just picked me up a couple of dabs and that's no good so moved into three hundred foot and I wanted to try and catch uh focus up on lingcod because uh the previous trip while rock fishing i i picked off a bocaccio that had some some rakes on its tail i didn't feel it from the bite or during the fight but uh it was definitely a thing so i was like okay there's definitely some some big lings around here willing to play with a bocaccio of that size so let's go looking for it so i thought out a chili pepper that was a little bit smaller than that bocaccio and i went out there and didn't catch anything on that uh, put down a little tiny piece of squid. And normally the little pieces of squid in this zone haven't really done much more than uh, get me like super dink rockfish or uh, or sand dabs. But uh, that day it was getting me like keeper size rockfish, and I w- I really wasn't even in the in the mood or market for it. Uh, I was I've got plenty in the freezer, so I was just trying to like catch you know bag like one ling cod, then move into shallower water basically. But uh, started catching like nice sized Bicaccio on the uh, on the just tiny piece of squid. So uh, once I caught like a dink, I sent that down um, looking for the lingcod, and I spent like a good hour or more drifting for that and didn't get jack shit. So uh, I had too much meat on board and no lingcod, so I decided to just bail on that shit and uh, uh, went in shallower, and then. Uh, uh, what did I do from there? 
Oh yeah. Yep. 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 So then, uh, went in shallow, caught a whitefish, and then it was a double double squid, um, dropper loop, and uh, got a whitefish and a mackerel on the first drop. So I was like, okay, like you know, the whitefish are biting. That's cool. But I got a mackerel, and I haven't seen a lot of those right yet. Uh, so I stuck it onto a uh you know big ass hook and started drifting that got a big bite and i'm hoping for my first legal halibut uh sooner than later and uh came off it felt like a big bass but i still wanted to see what would bite a whole live mackerel so then i caught another one sent uh, caught another mackerel sent it back down picked off like a five six pound sand bass so that was fucking cool so that's a new pb for me congrats jeremy thank you and uh yeah, so I picked off like for that for that day I got four pisons, three whitefish, two chilies, one red, one speck, one square bear, one sand bass, one dab, ten mackerel and a sardine in a sabiki. So that was a cool day. Although no no deep dropping is planned. Uh I don't I don't wanna keep I don't want. I don't want to keep falling back on the inshore stuff. I want to challenge myself. Uh, it makes for better podcasting. So, moving on to the next one. Um, yeah, I did just about the same shit. <laughs> about a couple of days later, um, the wind looked a little bit better for the morning, so I got out there. I was able to deep drop. Uh, I made two deep drops: one in a thousand foot, one in nine hundred foot. Each one was about twenty thirty minute soak. Didn't get jack shit. Didn't get a bite. Didn't get nothing. Moved over. Uh, tried to break the skunk in 300 foot. Sent down a squid tentacle. And then like a little oligo tentacle on like a number 10 hook. I like that. I like the species gathering. And uh, uh, and then a small strip of squid on like a standard number 4 circle above it. And then got two sand dabs. Yay. But one of them was a speckled sand dab. Yay. So that was different. Um, it looks more uh, granular in coloration. So uh, it's a, it's kind of a prettier sand dab. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you see it. So, yeah. Um, and then I moved in shallower because I didn't want to catch any more rockfish. So moved in shallow and uh, was just trying to burn off the squid that I brought because uh, the wind was a little bit... Oh, you know what? Yeah, I decided no no moss on the deep drops after two after reeling in like nineteen hundred feet combined. Uh, I didn't want to do a third one, so moved in shallow, burned off the squid that I had. I wanted to look for mackerel and go looking for halibut and threshers, but uh, I wanted to burn off the squid because squid's so goddamn expensive around here. So uh ended up picking up a fantail sole. You know what that is? It's a sole and it's got a fantail. So it's that's a pretty cool one. That's a new species. Congratulations, Jeremy. Thank you. And uh a few sand bass and some whitefish and then uh kind of zigzagged through the flats looking for, for bait on the surface or some kind of action worth stopping on and I didn't see anything, so I went home. Um then uh few days later, uh, I focused up, challenged myself, went looking for the halibut and the threshers. Uh, immediately out of the gates was uh, trolling a sabiki and then trolling a swim bait. And then I got my skunk off with the sand bass on the swim bait. No bait near the harbor. Kept moving. 
No bait further away from the harbor. Kept moving. Uh, stopped at my sand bass spot and picked off like four or five. Kept moving. Uh, finally found some bait. Finally found a suicidal mackerel. Uh, there was, it was like super scattered uh, bait. It wasn't on the surface. I didn't see anything on the surface, but uh, I just pulled up into an area. I saw some scattered turns that were like kind of passive aggressively just hanging around. So I just idled around looking for uh, schools on the fish finder and I found them. Uh, there were quite a few. So uh, I just kind of do a gorilla battle tactics and uh, sent down a sabiki on them on the schools and uh, was able to pull off a mackerel to start threw it on my uh on my thresher trolling rig oh, on a betomatic i sent it down on a betomatic and then uh, and i kept looking for more mackerel and i couldn't really find any dragged that one around for like an hour or so and uh, it was very well dead but it still st- still kind of like rolls like in a lifelike way on the betomatic uh or if you put it behind a lead head which i did later in the day um whether the lead head's hook will hold up to a thresher is another story, but uh, it won't. But um, yeah, and I checked out a little bass rock. I haven't, re- I've only like hit once, but I'd never trolled over it. So I trolled over it and I got slammed by like all the bass that I caught. I caught like four bass off of it and they were in like the, uh, they were short to like three pounds or so. And they were, they all fought like twice their size. So it was really cool. And, uh, no threshers over there, no no bait, no halibut. Uh, started making my way back, uh, continued to locate some uh, some bait schools, nothing on the surface. Uh, turns, just an occasional turn, kind of spying and diving, nothing crazy. Uh, some dolphins around, and uh, yeah, so no, no halibut, no threshers, then... Uh, Gave up on that on the way home, stopped on the sand bass spot again, cleaned up, um, finished the day at 20 bass, and went home. And so that was the reports for the day. Good, uh, pretty pretty good, consistent inshore fishing. If you want it, it's there. Um, the bigger game stuff continues to elude me. It's how it be like, so... Yep. Next up, I picked off a a big ass marlin lure like a month or two ago off eBay. It's the uh, Mag Bay Mamacita. It's a 16 inch slant head trolling lure and uh it's fucking awesome so i i went to shark bait shot out yesterday and uh picked up some 400 pound mono and some crimps decided to uh to rig it up see how i liked it i watched a couple videos on uh people how they rig their their trolling lures i've been uh doing stupid things where i just put the leader through and then tie the hook on the other side and call it a day. Like it's a sliding sinker. And, uh, I've, I've learned that that might not be the way to go. Um, I mean, for one, you want the hook further back 
than that in most cases with most skirts you want it like like within like an inch of the back of the skirt and that's not really happening although i was able to catch my my lone mahi uh last year doing that but maybe i would have caught more if uh maybe i was missing bites and i didn't even know it because i wasn't rigging it right so i'm rigging it right this year so uh what i'm doing is on this one uh i saw one guy, I think he's in Hawaii. He he tied. He put uh, he put the crimp on. He did a, a a Flemish knot. It looks almost like an overhand, uh, where like you kind of like twist, make a twisted loop. Uh, you have the hook inside of that twisted loop or a swivel, and uh, uh, and then you put and then you crimp the crimp. So I played with that idea, and I put a a split ring inside of that twisted loop and then I and then I put a swivel onto the split ring so I can exchange swivels as they uh, corrode without having to cut the line and then uh, I added like I don't know some some hook that comes onto the I cut off the hooks that come on the Yozuri Bonita they're they're insanely thick hooks and I didn't really like them for for the bluefin, I'd rather put on like double hooks and treble hooks and stuff like that rather than these big, thick, not necessarily super sharp hooks. But uh, with this, it's going to be marlin or bust. So I figure put the biggest hook I have on there, sharp, sharpen it up a little bit and let it rip. So the way that I've got it, you know, it's got the crimp and then it's got the twisted Flemish knot thing and then it's got the split ring and then it's got the swivel and then it's the. Uh, um, uh, it's a Hawaiian, um, clip. I forget what it's called. It's like a, I don't know, but like it, you, all you got to do is, I don't know, it, you'll have to look it up like Hawaiian, um, what's snap, like the Hawaiian snap swivel. It's a uh, really simple to, to, to un- clip and unclip. Uh, you don't really like. I feel like uh, snap swivels generally like they they might require pliers because they're so they're either thin gauge and kind of cut into your fingers as you're trying to open them, or they're so big that you really need pliers. So uh, uh, I like these. I I got them in a in a used tackle box um, earlier this year, and um, playing with them, I strength tested them. They're at least they they don't bend out anywhere they don't get anywhere near bending out at like 50 pounds so i think i'll be okay i'm gonna keep the drag set to like 10 pounds or something with striped marlin because uh seems to be a thing that if you uh if you have lighter drag with striped marlin they stay up more the top more on the surface and if you uh put on heavier drag on them and they'll dig down and then they'll dog you and the uh the fight will last way longer so i want to keep them um up i think It'll be easier on me, right? So, um, yeah. So that's that's the idea there, and uh, it fits in that that what is that like a thirteen inch skirt or something like that? It uh it goes all the way to the back pretty nicely the way that I had it set up. A lot of gear back there, but it works out. So, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess hooks uh benefit in trolling lures to have a swivel. Uh, behind the head 
like near the on the hook side so that um so that the the hook can twist and right itself uh as it's swimming because it'll it'll naturally track straight up and down if uh if given the opportunity i.e. with swivels so um so that's what i'm going to play with this summer rather than just tying direct to the hook like an asshole like a lazy fucking asshole so that's uh that's some rigging that's the rigging station So I'm not going to have uh, uh, the the game plan this week because just the wind and the... There's just a really big wind swell out here that's just not worth even talking about. It's like four to five foot at like six seconds all week. And then there's like 10 to 20 mile an hour winds for the most part. So uh, you're not getting out on boat. I might actually Corbina fish in the mornings, the next couple mornings. It's like a, a 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m. low tide. As long as I beat the crowd there, then uh, I think it'd be worth taking a look. Water should be warm enough. Gray skies, so... I don't know if that helps or not. I think so. Um, so, that's pretty much all the ideas for the game plan. But in general, I, I do want to challenge myself uh, a little bit more. Um... I tried recording this podcast a couple days ago and I was like kind of just annoyed with myself for like going through the same like inshore bass and rockfish reports where it's like, you know, this is just the same shit as as the week before and the week before. So like I need to, I want to talk about something new. I need to, I want to tell you more than just how I did. I want to tell you what I learned. I want to challenge, so I got to challenge myself, like, constantly, so I was, like, honing in the bass, and, like, you know, before, before this winter, I was really not very confident with my bass fishing out here, and now I'm very confident in it, so, uh, so mission accomplished, move on to the next thing, I still have no confidence in threshers and halibut, but, um, I feel like if, if you really wanted to, I bet you could like really hone it in with those two. So I'm going to try to do that. And like, you know, maybe just like break the skunk over like some bass here or there, but like no reason to, to run up my numbers up to 20 or whatever. Like just break the skunk, just catch like one. Shouldn't be too hard. And then move on to the halibut and threshers looking for mackerel, all that shit. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing wrong with the halibut and threshers. Seems like whenever I come up on bait, there's nothing chasing them. Not no like threshers or anything like that. Like um, schooling them up and scaring them around. I've only seen one thresher uh, in person that was like uh, working on the surface. It was. Uh, I was very surprised to see it. It was like last like October, I believe, and I didn't see the bait that was around it. But it was like splashing its tail around and I like, you know, it's like, what the hell is that? It looks like a bill of a billfish in like 30 feet of water. And then I realized like, no, that's a, it's a thresher. And so 
I threw a Zara spook at it and nothing happened. Who would have thought? Actually, I would think like a topwater lure like that would would get them to react. But then the next question is, are you going to land them on that? Like, are you going to get tail hooked on like 1x trebles? Are the hooks going to stick at all? Are you going to kill it by dragging it from its tail? Do you want to do that? Do you want to try and get it by the mouth like a, like a gamesman? Um, in which case, you know, you might want to focus more with like circle hooks. So that's kind of what I'd rather do. I was given this, uh, I, I bought some shark rigs. I was really, I bought a, a combination of, uh, of like trolling rigs and lures off this guy off of Bloody Decks uh, several months ago. And uh, uh, there's a handful of Rapala Magnums, and then there was some uh, some shark rigs, like. Uh, but one in particular that I'm that I mean I'm meaning to talk about right now is a it's like a bird up front, like a bird head. So it's you know going to splash, um, and then it's got like I don't know 300 pound cable or something like that uh, rigged up on it. And then it's got a single hook, like a foot behind the bird head, and it's got a little, uh, it's got a skirt to the, uh, in the bird, and then, so then there's like a ten aught hook, like J hook, like a seven six nine one per se, and then another like foot behind that is like a big ass treble, like a six aught treble, and so the idea behind that rig was that you're like making the commotion, you're slow trolling that, and then the thresher comes around, just bats it. And as it as it bats the the rig with its um, tail, that um, that treble is just gonna like lasso it basically. So um, if I get really desperate, that's available to me. It, I think that's legal. Um, and if you're gonna uh, troll a rapala magnum for him, you're probably gonna hook him in the tail anyways. So like, if you're you know. That's uh, it's that's a thing. So the only real fair way to uh, to hook them would probably be to uh, pay close attention to the rod tip with a live mackerel or a butterfly mackerel behind the boat or drifting it. And uh, you know it bats it. You see the bump, and then you let it into free spool it. Let the mackerel like fall down as it's like stunned, and then the thresher comes and cleans up. So you know that's a. Uh, that's the way the news goes with that. So, will I be able to do that this summer? We'll see. Um, right now, I really don't want to drive very far at all uh, to launch at other harbors. So, uh, I'm I'm really not... Uh, I haven't seen the opportunity to fish for bluefin yet uh, from you know, from my own boat, which I'd, I'd give myself like a 20 mile range. And, uh, so I'm, I'm feeling like, okay, well, if they're, if they're going to be like that, if the offshore game is going to be like that for however long, then, then I have a lot more time to focus this summer on, on thresher fishing and halibut fishing. I really got to, I really want to hone those in. And then if I get my shots with offshore, great. And I think I will. I'm sure I will. It, it it happens every uh every year the bluefin come in tight so i've got some ideas for that i just brought i just bought a couple yozuri high speed vibes or something it's like a yozuri but it's a high speed trolling lure like a mad mac or a 
the Yozuri Bonita or the Max Stick from Savage Gear. This one's like five inches in change, so it's even smaller. Uh, it'll troll up to 15 knots. And uh, so I, I, I got a pair of them for a deal on eBay. So I'm going to troll those behind the boat, like inshore, whenever I'm going anywhere, I think, and see if... Uh, See if I can hook up to anything doing that. It's ridiculous, but it's no effort. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see about it. It's an idea. Okay. So I will be doing a webinar with um, with the folks from the Windy app sometime sort of soon and uh so I'll, I'll i'll see if i can post some some audio from that into the this podcast and uh also what i learned while while working with them is that they uh they launched another app uh called uh wind hub and it's got some cool features it looks a lot like um like the windy app it has similar tools it's a on one hand it's simpler on the other hand it has a couple extra features that uh that are really nice uh for one it has a uh this like this tool where you can draw your your uh, navigation your your the loop that you're going to make while you're out offshore or, or, or when you go fishing and you can uh, put in like how fast your boat goes. So it, so then like it can tell you like, okay, you're launching at 6 AM, you're going 10 knots for, you know, um, like 10 miles South. And then you go out West for an hour and then you come back to the dock and uh, it'll tell you, based on uh, the waypoints that you plugged in and the time that you plugged in, uh, how, how the weather is going to be for the whole loop, which is super cool. So it'll, like, it'll, instead of, like, you know, looking into, uh, you know, the weather is going to be a little bit different in different parts of, like, at least where I'm at, uh, around, like, the Catalina Channel, it it'll be like there will be a lot more current in the middle of the channel there will be like a lot of wind like closer to san pedro there will be sometimes less wind uh in the middle of the channel or like certain parts of the channel uh than others and then there's like more wind behind the islands and you know so it'll it'll tell you um you know what what the weather's going to be for the entire time based on the waypoint so i think that's super cool uh and a couple other things to it that I oh and uh and it it shows um what do you call it uh the contours uh the map the map where you can you you just like click anywhere instead of having you know buoys that that you have to rely on like well I'm not going to that buoy but I'll be within five miles of that buoy so let's 
let's click on that one and see like how the weather is going to be. This one, uh, it doesn't even have any of those. It doesn't have any buoys. You just click anywhere on the map, and then it'll tell you uh, the estimated weather for that area. How accurate that is uh, without like a specific buoy um, to tell you what's going on is uh, to be determined based on my experience and so many others' experience. But um, I think that's that's really nice. And uh, it's easy to figure out exactly where on the map you are on this one because it has contours. So you can be like, oh, you know, I'm going to go out to like the 300-foot contour or I can see like that canyon that I'm next to in general. So I can click right there and see exactly what the weather will be. And, uh, uh, oh, I intend on fishing like, you know, this side of the 14. So let's click on that spot and figure out what's going on there. And then take a quick look on the other side to see how different it might be. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it, at least that particular spot would be pretty uniform between the two of them, but like other areas, it might be different. But um, yeah, so it has like a contour map. It has those, uh, uh, it can tell you the, the weather based on like your loop for the day. Had some other stuff too. I forgot what the other things were, but uh, but it's really cool. You should check it out. Wind Hub, Wind Hub. So, yeah. There's that. I don't think I have anything more to say. So, uh, if you decide to go out, oh, the Yellowtail Shootout by Bloody Dex is uh, it should be postponed. We'll see. Actually, there's a thread on that right now, but um. Uh, that might be this weekend. Is that still going? All right. Well, they haven't said anything about canceling it. So, uh, if you do, if you do decide to go boating in the next week or so, good luck to you. Um, stay safe. I might hit the shore and I'm only going to hit the shore because it's going to be like, um, I'm going to be fishing low tide for Corbina. So, you know, it'll be, I'll be fishing like so far inside of the breakers that the, the size of the breakers won't really matter or the, and it's going to be like a short period. So it's, it's not going to be like a crazy, like long period. That's going to like, you know, flood the inside constantly. So it should be a, a nice consistent inside at low tide I'm hoping for. So that's pretty much the only, the only way besides fishing like behind jetties or inside harbors or whatever would be really fishable for the foreseeable future. But uh, once it calms down, um, I'm looking to get offshore, maybe. We'll see. Let's see what's going on. But whatever you decide to do for the next week or so, um, good luck out there and be safe, and you have a good rest of your week. <laughs> <laughs>